You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Uh, we're back after Florida's Capital One Orange Bowl win against Virginia. And we're going to break that down, kind of how that game went, but also really kind of bigger picture moving past, you know, now that the regular season's over. I want to start talking about where Dan Mullen has this program headed. I think obviously most people feel like, Blake, it's in a pretty positive direction, you know, even even after the win uh, against Virginia. It was maybe a little a little more back and forth than people would have preferred, but you come out at the end of the day, 11 wins, a second straight New Year's Six Bowl. Blake, I guess... Uh, let me just lead you in with that. Where where do you view the Florida program at right now? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Dan Mullen's second season at Florida? You know, I think whenever you find a way, even if it's a small way, to make a jump from, um, you know, even something as simple as 10 wins to 11 seasons, which isn't obviously very easy in the grand scheme, but it, on paper, you know, it doesn't look like this gigantic jump. Um, but I, I think you have to be pretty pretty pleased with how, just the direction of the program seems. I, I think we need to even kind of break things down to the fact that Florida won 11 games this season with a backup quarterback, um, a running game, an offensive line that didn't really seem much. So I think when you think of the possibility of Florida losing these seniors um, at the wide receiver spot, obviously, they, and even Michael P. Ryan, who was a focal point um, for the run game whenever Florida could put something together, um, and obviously he caught a lot of passes in the passing game. Florida has some pieces to to replace uh, just weapons. Um, but I think whenever you see the job that Dan Mullen did, with, you know, obviously with Kyle Trask and you know, kind of finding ways to game plan around their deficiencies, I, I think you have to be pr- pretty pleased with what Mullen can game plan and what he can put together for a season where Florida's has some question marks of you know looking for some guys to make impacts, you know, out wide and, and maybe even at running back. Uh, I think it, I think you don't have you know these these concerns and it doesn't keep you up at night just knowing that Dan Mullen more than likely is going to find a way to fix things. No, I mean, and that's that's really the biggest takeaway. And we, you know, we got that a lot from last year, even, you know, with him being able to mold Felipe Franks into a guy that he could win with, uh, you know, when frankly, other coaches had struggled with that, you know, you, you kind of sense that Dan Mullen was a good game manager, a good, you know, um, game planner, play caller, whatever, whatever you want to call that. Uh, but he's pretty good at maximizing his talent. And I think, he, you know, you look at what he did at Mississippi State. Obviously, that's a, a big part of why he was brought to Florida. Um, but then I think, like you said, when you see the way he was able to do it with Kyle Trask and, uh, you know, really basically change what his offense had been, because if you look at Dan Mullen's history, they were very run heavy, you know, pretty much everywhere he's been. And the fact that they did that this year um, and, and were able to do what they did offensively without any real run game for the most part. Um, I think that was one of the coolest parts of the bowl game was finally getting to see LaMichael Pirine kind of have that breakout game, you know, because you really kind of felt for him. You know, he chooses to come back for his senior year. He knew he'd have, you know, a pretty inexperienced line in front of him, but I don't think anybody saw it being that much of a struggle. Um, you know, even us, you know, I, I didn't see it being that much of a struggle throughout the year. And for him to come together and, and have a bowl game like that, I thought really uh, it was a cool way to end the season for Florida. How about Bryce Perkins, though? I, I know we're talking a little bit of uh, the bowl game later, but um, I thought he was really strong in the game. Just, uh, I mean, even if you wanted to go ahead and kind of move into Orange Bowl game now, I mean, it's it's whatever we have time, obviously. But I, I was really surprised with him. I, I, I thought the four touchdowns he put together, I thought he was a big-time player. Um, 
still seems that Florida is struggling with those running quarterbacks. Obviously something they'll have to look into next year and, and kind of game plan things there. But, um, you know, I thought he was really strong there. I wasn't quite expecting the game to be as close. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, they have a lot of pieces that they're going to have to fix um, on offense. The, the wide receiver position for me, I, I think that, you know, they'll be okay. Um, Kyle Pitts, um, you know, bringing back Jacob Copeland, who, you know, at times ran some weird, um, you know, he just seemed to be kind of out of position sometimes with running his routes. But, you know, I think Florida has a lot of pieces. Um, you know, the, you have to think the offensive line is going to be better. So I think they have a lot of pieces to put together still on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and they've done some really good recruiting on the offensive line. So, you know, bringing in some guys like Josh Braun, Isaiah Walker Jr., two guys that will be early enrollees for Florida, you know, they're bringing in some talent, you know, obviously just continue to kind of recruit. I, you know, I think you, you had a tweet earlier today and I thought it really hit the nail on the head that Florida is a couple guys away, you know, those elite top 100 type guys. Um, they're, they're just a little, they're just right there uh, on the cusp of kind of breaking loose. Um, and I think that, 2021 sets up well. 2020 class is still in a good spot, and they've got some guys left mm-hmm. on the board. But I think that this Florida roster, um, and we'll get to another guy that they're bringing into. Um, they're bringing in pieces, and I think right now you have to like where where the way, where things are heading. Um, you know, if they can get some of these guys eligible, um, or even kind of play the waiting game to get some of these guys waivers um, going. Um, you know, a guy like Brenton Cox who's going to come in and play next year. Florida has some guys in the wing still that you know we're not even talking about yet, just because of the fact that they haven't been able to make an impact. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you have to look much further than uh, I, th- I think Florida's biggest 2020 recruit is probably Trayvon Grimes right now. I mean, the fact that he's coming back when you lose four senior receivers and he's a guy that could very well go to the NFL and be productive in the NFL, um, that's a big deal. And I think a lot of times we focus on Dan Mullen's recruiting in, in terms of the recruiting rankings. You know, they're they're eighth in the country and whatever, you know, fourth or fifth in the SEC. And, and we focus on those numbers. And a lot of times we forget that Dan Mullins brought in very productive guys like Trayvon Grimes, like Van Jefferson, like Adam Schuler. And so those don't get factored into the recruiting rankings. And not that Dan Mullen and his staff can't recruit better. I mean, they can. We, we've talked about that, you know, quite a bit. They're, they're still losing a few too many battles for key prospects to the Georges, the Clemsons, the Alabamas. But I think what gets lost a little bit is that Florida has added some other pieces. And I know, Blake, this is kind of where you were going with this. Um, one, they've got Trayvon Grimes back. But two, they added a five-star, a former five-star running back in Miami running back Lorenzo Lingard. Blake, I know you, you covered him a bit as a recruit. Why don't you just fill in the audience on his situation, where he's at, why he's transferring, and then really what kind of potential he had coming out of high school? Uh, you know, just out of high school, he he was a five-star guy, uh, ranked 25th overall in the 24-7 sports composite. He was a number two running back. Florida's prior coaching staff, they took a shot. He took a couple visits to campus, but he really seemed kind of to gravitate towards Miami. Once he committed there, there was really no looking back. Uh, so, you know, Florida's getting a guy with some major speed. I know he's coming off of a, of a knee injury last year. Um, Florida kind of did their homework, their due diligence there just to kind of see – I think whenever you recruit through the portal, you always have to make sure you weigh all of your options because if a guy, not to say that he's not going to, but you know, Lorenzo Lingard wasn't getting carries at Miami. Will he do the same thing at Florida? These are questions you have to ask yourself. You know, are we going to bring in a guy who's going to help us? Is he going to make an impact? Because if not, then what's the point in bringing him? Mm-hmm. You know, he's he, obviously he can find another school. You know, other schools are contacting him. I think these are just things you have to go about it through the transfer portal, but. 
from all accounts, his knee injury, he seems fine. I don't know there's going to be any big concerns there, you know, any kind of lingering problems or anything with that. Um, it, it's been a little hard to track down whether it was an MCL tear or an ACL tear. It sounds like it was just an MCL, which isn't, you know, the, the biggest thing in the world. I'm going to keep digging on that, and I hope to talk to Lorenzo um, hopefully very soon. Yeah, I know you guys busy. have been playing phone tag. Yeah, he's still getting a lot of his paperwork and whatnot in and, and trying to get everything set up for Florida since he's going to be a January guy. So hopefully uh, hopefully I win the game of tag there. <laughs> but, he, I mean, big-time speed. Um, it's a home-run guy. You know, Florida, when you talk about speed, you talk about what Mullins' offense has looked like. You look want the, you want those home-run guys that are going to, you know, kind of get there quick. I believe he's like a 4-2, high 4-3 type of guy runner. So, I mean, Florida's bringing a home-run threat there. The question now as far as will he play or won't he play, where you look at it now, he needs a waiver. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be able to play immediately just off right. the cusp. He's going to need a waiver. There's been some talk that his father is, is ill. Being closer to home is kind of a factor um, with being at Florida. You know, it's not like, oh, I want to be close to home, but I'm going to go to Ohio State or, you know, I'm going to go halfway across the world or something. You know, there does seem to be genuine interest in being closer to home. And so where is I he think from that again? He's from Orange City around the Orlando area okay. um, in there. So around, you know, DeLand, Orlando type of area in there. Um, so he's going to be a lot closer to Florida now. UCF was another option. So he was legitimately looking at some options that were closer to home. So I think if he gets a waiver or if there's some sort of case, that's going to be kind of the leg they stand on there. And where that stands, I, you know, the NCA with their waivers, it, it's kind of a coin flip at times. I know there was a tight end. Yeah. Um, Luke Ford, I think, it was, that went from Georgia trying to be closer to home, wasn't, you know, uh, granted eligibility when he did have a sick family member. Then you've got, you know, Tate Martells and Justin Fields and whatnots that get granted. So, you know, I think it's kind of a coin flip sometimes with these waivers. Got to get Florida to put him in touch with a lawyer. That's basically yeah, how man, it works. you got to figure something <laughs> out. So I think that at this point, it's kind of wait and see as, as far as will he play, but you know, Florida's looking for a running back. They're looking for some help there, and I think he'd be nothing but a you know a boost for their program. Obviously, bringing in, I believe this is the highest rated player Florida's landed since 2015 when they brought in CC Jefferson and Martez Ivy. So, you know, again, I, I think you have to give Mullen hats off for the way he's recruited through the transfer portal. A lot of guys that they've already went through there have made their impact already. So, you know, this could be another one for Florida that you know they get a, a solid couple of years out of him and, and continue to kind of, you know just infuse more talent into the roster yeah and I, I go back to the you know the recruiting thing when we're you know being i don't know if critical is the right word but just you know uh looking at mullen's recruiting results overall and trying to put them into context uh, i remember you know last offseason the whole big thing was with cc and martez ivy gone oh no florida doesn't have a five star on the roster anymore you look going into 2020 man they could have three maybe four i mean you're talking about lingard brenton cox uh, I want to get your thoughts on Javon Dexter later in in the segment, um, but he's a potential five star. And then uh, Blake, correct me if I'm wrong, but Justin Shorter, the Penn State receiver transfer, was he another one? Was a five yes, star? he was. He was the number one receiver in the 2018 class on the 24/7 Sports Composite. So he uh, popped up on campus. I want to say it was a day or two after Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, was in the area around Georgia. I was told he has some family in there, and they went to see that family around the Christmas time, and just loaded up in the car with his dad to come down and check out the campus. Even though it was a dead period, even though a lot of these Florida coaches and staffers were down in Miami getting ready for the bowl game. So legitimate interest there. Uh, another five star that Florida could be, could be adding possibly. Um, I think where things stand now, depending on how long he wants to drag this thing out, is he going to be a January guy? Will he wait? As far as I know, he's going to not, he's not going to be a guy that's going to play immediately. I, I don't think he's going to have a case for a waiver or anything like that. So I don't know that there's a rush completely in making a decision. Him and his dad have kind of tried to sit back and collect everything and see their next move. 
Um, I think the visit to Florida kind of brought in the questions of maybe talking about a January enrollment, even though those aren't you know finalized plans. But I think the fact that the Florida visit went well, um, he's looking for a place where he can make an impact at wide receiver, and Florida obviously sets up well for that, the way they threw the ball. So there's a lot of things that have kind of gotten Florida majorly into the picture here. The question now more so is, is when is he looking to make a decision? Um, if he waits, I expect Florida to do the official visit and kind of take things out. That obviously opens up the door for other schools to come in and you know make a make a, a pitch and and possibly get into the mix here. But for right now, I really like Florida a lot right here for him. And I, and again, that could be another five star they add to the roster. Blake, what's your feeling? Because Dan Mullen, when he first came in, was pretty blunt that you know they only want to take transfers that can really contribute. And you look at guys like you know Jefferson and Van uh, Van Jefferson, Trey Grimes, Adam Schuler, even uh, these are all guys that have had pretty immediate impacts. Jonathan Grenard. Do you, I guess, how do you feel? Do you feel like Mullen's shifting towards maybe taking guys that have to sit a year? Just like, like, what's the reason for that, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's somewhat of a shift just because they've been pretty adamant on, you know, instant impact guys, grad transfer types. But I think where we're at now is it's it's kind of a deal where, you know, where you have Britton Cox. These are just guys that you just don't say no to. Right. You know, these are talents. highly rated guys. I, I think you at sometimes you have to just make a judgment call. Sure. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, where Florida was at. Let's see. Lorenzo put his name into the transfer portal. Um, I think there's been some feelers put out there just kind of looking around at things. You know, I, I think there were some maybe vibes of Florida, you know, maybe him more so looking in to see a Florida. Where are you at? Where am I at? Um, once he put his name into the portal, it seems like they did their homework quickly. They kind of figured things out. They do their due diligence of, you know, asking those questions of, hey, man, if he's not going to be able to play immediately right now, can he make an impact whatsoever for us, even if it's down the road or even right. after a year? I think those are the questions you need to ask. And I think if the answer is yes, you have to take them. You know, I think that there's just, you know, if you can bring in a five-star player, you know, a guy who runs a 4-2, a guy like Britton Cox, who is, you know, just a monster getting back and rushing the passer, who is more than likely going to be a, a guy that impacts Florida as soon as he can. So maybe if it's not, can he make an impact right away? Will he make an impact when he's available to, I think, are the questions where you have to kind of creep in on some of these judgment calls. Now here, here's another question: Isn't there a potential recruiting uh, benefit to having Lingard with? Uh, was it? Is there's a, a recruit Avante Williams that he's close with? Yeah, they're cousins. So I think that there is some play. You know, when you ever have family ties, and I know we're going to talk about some of these, excuse me, Under Armour All American guys later on. But I actually talked with Avante after the game on Thursday night after the game wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And you know, with it, I you know at the time whenever I had talked to him during media day, uh, Lorenzo wasn't in the transfer portal, so there really wasn't the question to ask. So, you know, I'm out there at the game. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get this big story. You know, I'm going to ask him what he thinks about Lorenzo being there. Possibly, is this going to help Florida? And he said no. He said it has no impact on him whatsoever. Okay. Um, you know, Avante also told the Orlando Sentinel that night that he was leaning towards Georgia. There's been some talks about Ole Miss there. He told our Georgia guys on Friday that you know Georgia is just an option for me. So honestly, I guess if you're picking up what I'm putting down here is that you're going to get a different answer yeah. from Avante every time you talk to him. So what I'm saying right now on uh, January 3rd, going to Florida. <laughs> shoot, I wish. No, I mean, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, if I'm talking now on January 3rd, I bet an interview will be different. The vibe will be different come January 5th. I just yeah. think that's how this recruitment is going to be. Um Personally, do I think it has to help having family ties there? And you know, Lorenzo, hurt, he right. was, he was exactly, and he was a big guy whenever he was a, a recruit. He really was a pretty adamant recruiter for Miami. So, mm-hmm. you know, as he say that now, when Lorenzo's in his ear and he's trying to push him and he's trying to kind of get into his ear and, and you know, possibly be on campus when Avante's taking his official visit when he comes down on the 24th of January. So, you know, I think it's one of those things that 
did he say it doesn't matter? Yeah, he said that. When it happens and things kind of go into play and he's on campus, could he possibly have a different answer then? Absolutely. I'm fully yeah, expecting I mean, that. It can't, it can't hurt. I mean, I guess that's my point is that I don't think it can hurt. Uh, sure. And, you know, for our casual listeners out there, it's good to point out the connection. Uh, but, Blake, I actually got you into recruiting a little before uh, we were supposed to. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to get Blake's thoughts on some of the Florida targets and prospects that participated at the Under Armour. All-American game, and then we'll uh, get into the Army game a little bit as well, right after this break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, uh, we, we've been talking a little bit about you know the future of Florida's program, kind of how it looks coming out of Dan Mullen's second season. Uh, we talked about Trayvon Grimes returning. Um, you know, Marco Wilson and Kadarius Tony still have probably decisions to make. I think those are really the only two uh, that I think are considering leaving at this point. Um, don't have a strong feel either way on you know which way those guys are leaning. Um, so once those guys do make their decisions, we'll cover it on the podcast. And obviously but, Kyrie uh, Campbell is another who said he's coming back too. Right, I don't Kyrie think it's Campbell. probably a highly publicized right. thing like Grimes, but it's something yeah. that we said. Yeah, no, he is coming back. It's good. I totally forgot about that because we just kind of assumed. Um, but let's get into talking about recruiting because, you know, we have talked about Dan Mullen's recruiting, how it stacks up to the SEC. Um, there's no doubt that Florida has some elite guys in the class. And the, I guess the first guy I wanted to ask you about coming out of the, you know, the All-American week what were you, what was your impression of Javon Dexter and did he help himself? Is he a guy that could potentially be a five star when this recruiting class is all said and done? You know, I do. I, I actually think he is a guy that is a five star player. Um, during the game, he caught a lot of double teams and he was still able to make some plays. You know, he was almost just kind of right there. He, you know, he was right there at the quarterback. He was right there, you know, making major pressure all night. Um, but I think during the week of practice was wherever he really, you know, you know, you can't, when it comes from the rankings, you can't just base everything on just the Under Armour game. There's obviously practices and things sure. that happened before that. So, you know, he was a guy who was the top guy of the entire camp, what 24 seven sports would call the alpha dog of a camp on the first practice for Under Armour. Um, I, I think whenever you see his athleticism, um, you, you, you definitely see that there are some raw areas from him. You know, he really only has a couple moves here and there that he'll use. You know, he's not pulling out the entire, you know, toolbox of all these moves and whatnot. But he's very quick off the ball. He stays low. He's very powerful. 
Uh, there's a lot of things, I think, upside-wise that make him a five-star. 24-7 Sports has been higher on him than most of the industry. Uh, he's 25th in the country, which is right there in that cusp of five-star territory. Uh, as they continue to kind of add on some more of these five stars, I believe at last check there were only 19 five stars on the top 247 rankings. Um, the composite is kind of a different animal where it takes the average of all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are 32 in there. Um, I could I could check, but I know for where we're at now, we're at 19 on the actual top 247. So um, I think Dexter is a guy who's going to see possibly some kind of bump. I don't know it's going to be this big substantial one just because, again, he's already very highly he's rated down. He's a five-star right. rater. You know, he's in five-star territory right now. But I think that it was kind of what I expected from him. You know, I've seen him a couple times this year just from scouting him, and he's obviously kind of right there in my backyard. So I don't think that I was really surprised with a lot of things he did. I think more so you look at where he was at maybe in his junior year where it was he's still kind of figuring things out. He's just using his bull rush. Because a lot of these camps, you know, you don't bull rush. Um, you, they kind of want you to use a little bit more technique. And I think that he showed a lot. You know, and I think that mm. – I mean, I think he's a five-star guy. I've thought it kind of heading into Under Armour. But I guess that more so kind of justified my thoughts on things. And I think the rankings team was also very, you know, impressed with what he put too. Just because he's a guy that – you know, you look at him and, and you see you see that he's going to have a much better career in college than he even did. You could even get close to in high school. So I think whenever you look in the, and you think of the fact that Nick Savage just does wonders with some of these guys as far as strength and conditioning, um, and he's got the frame and he continue continue to kind of add weight. You could take you could do a lot of things with him. You yeah. could add weight to him. You could add muscle to him. You could trim him down and put him. For in those a, that in don't know, spot. that's it's his frame that really stands out, right? I mean, right. He's, yeah. He's six, six 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 and a half. Um, just under 300 pounds, probably like 285, 290, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. I mean, he he is a, a massive human being, and he's very strong, and he's very quick. And I, I just think a lot of his intangible scream five-star to me. But whenever you look at his technique, there's a lot of work to be done there. Don't get me wrong. But I think whenever you look at you know kind of where he's at in the future – um, and if you continue to keep that quick step, that power, um, and, and even infuse some of these, you know, techniques and things that these defensive line coaches in college get paid a lot of money to do, um, I, I think the future is extremely bright for him. That's good. Well, Blake, who are some of the other guys? I know Mordecai McDaniel's is a safety that uh, is committed to Florida, signed with Florida. How did he look? Uh, you know, I thought he was more so raw. Um, than maybe what I expected from him. He played cornerback for his high school. He's going to be a safety for Florida. He played some nickel. He played some free here and there. He kind of moved around. Um, at least during practices in the game, I, I pretty sure I only caught him at playing some nickel. Um, he's got a big frame. He's very quick. You know, he's another guy that's very quick. He's a tra- he's got track speed. Um, I think he's one that's going to continue. He got caught flat-footed a lot. Um, and I think that that was something that, you know, he's going to have to continue to work on. And, you know, these guys are still in high school and there's still a lot of work to be done for them. Um, and but I, I did against elite guys sure, on the other side. You that know? too. I, I think he's going to need some work. I, I think he's ranked pretty correctly right now. I, I definitely think he's a safety. I don't see him as a corner. I was kind of interested to see how he moves. I think he's a flat out safety. Um, but see, the thing for him, you know, he's very violent too. So I think whenever you see him, again, it's an all-star game. I'm not saying they're out there playing two-hand touch, but I don't think anyone's going out there to get hurt and he's not playing, you know, to, you know, maybe with some of that aggression that he would normally show. So I think he's another one that's going to need some coaching. He's going to need some tune-up in his game. But, you know, I thought that there were a lot of pieces there, the speed, the frame. I think that those were the two biggest things that stuck out to me about him. All right, Blake, uh, who was the biggest standout for you? And if it was Dexter, go with someone else. Yeah, I think Dexter is probably the the biggest standout, but he was the one that expected. The one that probably surprised me more than anybody was wide receiver signing Jaquavion Frazier's. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he had probably one of the quietest good weeks of Under Armour out of anyone I saw there. Whereas he's not a guy who's not a burner. He's not a speedy guy who's going to blow past these DBs in one-on-one situations. Um, he's got a big frame. He's got strong hands. Um, he does a really good job of kind of boxing some of these guys out. And he's a very physical catcher. So I think he's one of those guys where you go in and you watch him run and you can do these kind of combine settings and you just think, eh, he's okay. He's a guy. But then whenever you put on the game tape and you put him out there, he had a great senior season, somewhere around, I think, uh, 630, 650 yards receiving. I think he had like 12 touchdowns. So, I mean, he's a gamer, and he showed that last night, six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Um, he was working against Jahari Rogers, another Florida signing at cornerback whenever he scored. Um, they had been kind of going at each other all week, just you know, kind of getting each other better. You know, nothing crazy, but just you know, knowing that they're going to be teammates at the next level and trying to push each other. So I think Frazier's was one that impressed me in the fact that he's not fast. He he doesn't do anything at an elite level, but I think he does a lot of things good, and that makes him make plays. And and again, against some of these guys who are the best of the best, and he's still out there making plays. So I think that that was maybe the most surprising. I've, I've talked about him on the boards on the site that he's had a really good year. You know that he'll make plays. He can make those kind of fifty-fifty catches. He's just not very fast. But I think that he still showed the ability to kind of get past that and still show a way to make plays in his own way. Whereas he's not getting this big separation. He's not going to torch people. Um, but he does a lot of things sound. And he, he, I mean, made play after play. I think he was the third leading receiver in the entire game last night. Yeah, big physical receiver. I'm sure Dan Mullen will have no idea what to do with a guy like that. <laughs> Never. That's not. I mean, it doesn't even fit the model that they like. So. Right. Uh, no, that's funny. Um, well, Blake, uh, anything else from the Under Armour week that you wanted to to bring up before we get into the other bowl, which used to be the Army game, now called the All American Bowl? Yeah, you know, another guy that Florida's in on it. The only like lone target that they had in the game was we talked about him earlier. Four star safety Avante Williams. He is not a big imposing guy. He is, you know, all of five foot ten, one hundred and seventy pounds. But he plays, uh, you know, way above his size. Um, I, I think when they're looking at him, he played free during the night. He seems like a guy that would really fit in well for that star position for Florida. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even want to begin to think about where he's at right now as recruitment, but I do think Florida is extremely a, a main factor in there. I would say right now, I think it's a Florida Georgia battle. Um, that being again today on January 3rd. Well, I feel that way um, in a couple weeks, probably not. And I hope I do, but I'm, Hoping I can get kind of a grasp on that recruitment there. But, you know, I think he played a, a, a lot of things really well. And he maybe didn't have quite the size of Chauncey Gardner um, just because he's a little bit smaller of a frame guy. But I think there were a lot of parts in his game that did remind me of Chauncey. Um, hmm. The fact that, you know, last night Avante actually dislocated his finger. They popped it back in during the game. And he was right back out there ready to go. I mean, this is an all-star game. These guys are down like there that. just – yeah, I mean, these guys are down here like hanging out like – you know, getting gear all week, hanging out, having a good time, laughs and here and there. And here's this guy pops his finger. You know, I've seen guys get a hangnail at some of these things and sit out the rest of the week. And this guy's <laughs> over here, you know, dislocating his finger and jumping right back in after they pop it in. So, you know, I think that that just shows his toughness. I mean, this is a guy, you know, whenever you put in that tag of, you know, this guy's a dog, I think he's one of those guys that fits that tab. Awesome. All right. Well, let's shift over to the All-American uh, Bowl, I guess they call it. Uh, what, what should Florida? It will always be army. It will always, I know, man, I'm going to call it. I know I'm, we're going to get like, uh, we're going to get roasted by headquarters for, for not using the right title, but, uh, it's hard, man. This will now be our last podcast since we've done broke uh, company confidentiality here. So it was nice knowing everyone here, but yes, the army, all, uh, the all American bowl (laughs) will be, uh, on Saturday. Um, yeah, well, we'll just edit that out. Hopefully, um, it'll be on Saturday. It starts at noon. Um, Florida signee, Derek Wingo will be playing in the game. 
And I thought one of the interesting things just from following some of the things that, you know, uh, guys at 24-7 who have been out there watching practices and whatnot was that uh, the tight end in the game, Eric Gilbert, he's an LSU signee. I I think he got hurt or something, you know, something happened to where he had to sit out of practice. And here Derek Wingo, the, you know, guy who's played D-end in high school and he's going to be a linebacker at Florida, jumps right in at tight end and makes plays. And he was actually pretty positive, the reports that he put in. So um, one of those guys that can play tight end in a pinch, there's Derek Wingo. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, I think that he um, – I'm interested to see him. You know, I've, I've got my idea of where things are. But, you know, just whenever you see a guy who's played a lot of D-end and rushing the passer in high school, I'm interested to see him kind of drop back into coverage um, during the game and kind of see what he can put together there. Um, I, You know, I think he's a very good player. Um, he's going to come in with that leadership we've talked about on this podcast before. You know, and you even said that you think he's a guy that can come in and make an impact pretty early with just kind of the guys and the pieces they have now. Um, but I think the real storyline for the All-American Bowl will be uh, the four-star wide receiver, Xavier Henderson, who's supposed to be making his commitment during the game. I'm not sure the order exactly of where it is yet in the game, um, but Florida's has some buzz there. You know, it kind of seemed like Clemson for most of the year. There was some talk here and there where Florida, you know, there was some time where there was kind of some switch of, you know, is it a Florida-Alabama battle? Clemson seems to be fading. Clemson jumps right back in. It's kind of the constant in this recruitment even into uh, November and December there. And here we are now where my 24-7 crystal ball prediction is on Florida. Um, they are the 24-7 sports crystal ball leader. Um, and it seems that Florida will be the pick during that game, you know, barring any changes last minute. Now, but the the catch here is that he says, at least for now, unless he's got the super secretest signing in the world, is that he has not signed with the school. So he will be planning to sign in February. So obviously he can still be recruited. You know, he can still kind of, well, he can't take visits because he only has one official left. But, you know, okay. he, he's one of those guys. It's not going to be a binding type of thing unless they announce a signing that I, you know, am going to be completely caught off guard with on that one. Um, but I, I think that right now it's looking like Florida's the pick. I, I'm pretty confident on that one. And Blake, what kind of talent is he as a receiver? You know, he's a big, quick guy. Um, whereas I, I was saying that, you know, Jaquavion Frazier's is one of those guys that's big but not quick. I think Xavier's the complete opposite there to where he kind of brings you a little bit of both. Um, he's another long type of receiver. Um, three touchdowns in the in his junior year in the state championship game. So he's a big-time talent. That really kind of put him on the scene as one of the, you know, the top guys in his class. Uh, I watched them play in the state championship game this year. And where they didn't make a ton of plays because the team they played kind of kept them in check offensively for most of the game. Kind of late there in the fourth quarter, they're looking to eventually take the score where it put them ahead. And he gets this catch and he just takes it down the field and he's just blowing past guys. You know, he's kind of using some moves here and there. So I think whenever you look at the fact that Florida needs some wide receivers, you know, we talked about the fact they're going to lose four guys. Um, five if you can t- if you count P Ryan in there as a guy who made a lot of catches too. So mm-hmm. they're losing a lot of these skill guys that you know they're going to be looking to make replacements. It's not very common to see some of these true freshmen get thrown into the fire, but I think whenever you have a guy like Henderson who brings a lot of intangibles that you know kind of scream early impact, you know just the speed, his hands, his size. I think he's a guy that's going to make a case to make a, a really good case to get some playing time in there. I don't know that he's going to be one that jumps in and starts right away, but I think he's going to be a guy that at least when he starts out, is going to have a plenty of opportunities to see the field and where he works himself up from that going forward, I think is kind of, you know, to be seen. But for right now, I think he's a guy that if you, to answer your question, he's a guy that I think will make an impact quickly at Florida. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's anything like CJ, uh, you know, the, the one thing about CJ Henderson that always stood out to me was his work ethic. I mean, him and Marco Wilson, you know, during their freshman year, every every time after we would come, we'd go out for you know interviews after practice, and every single time, Wilson and Henderson were out there working a little extra. So 
you know, if Xavier Henderson's anything like that, uh, knowing Florida's receiver situation next year, I certainly wouldn't bet against him playing pretty early. Yeah, you know, I just think the fact that wide receiver is one of the positions where Florida truly can come in there and pitch the fact that, you know, we're losing some guys, we don't really have a lot of proven guys. I think that's one of the positions where they can really easily, a guy can easily come in and make an impact if they come in and work hard, you know, and do all the things that they're supposed to do, et cetera, et cetera. Had he be an early enrollee guy, I think it would be a no-brainer that he's going to come in and make an extremely quick impact, but he's not. So, you know, there's that to be said, but... Um, I just think he's a guy that, with just the speed and his size, I think it makes him, you know, kind of one of those guys that I don't want to say he's like a, you know, made in a lab type of guy, but there are a lot of things where he makes some plays where you're like, wow, what did that guy just do? Yeah, and he's one of those elite guys that, you know, we're talking about Florida being maybe two or three players away from really getting into that upper echelon and recruiting, you know, where you're competing with the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Georgias. He's one of those guys. So uh, that'll be really interesting to watch tomorrow during that game when he makes his commitment and. You guys obviously tune into Swamp 24-7 because Blake will have that covered for you. Yeah, and you know, just one last thing to say about him, too. I think whenever you look at the schools involved, I think – I mean, it may not work for everyone, but this is just how I kind of look at it as. It's, you know, Clemson has done an extremely good job of you know, getting some elite wide receivers. Florida's beating Clemson out for a kid that they wanted. I, I think that you know, Clemson doesn't really fool around with some of these receivers where they recruit him. So um, I always look at some of the schools that are involved. You know, usually, you know, they say Georgia gets a lot of these big time running backs. If you can beat Georgia out for a running back, you know, I I just I I always look at some of the teams involved and I always see if you see a a wide receiver, if you can take one that Clemson actually wanted, I think you're getting a big time player. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Like I said, you know, Blake will be all over that recruitment tomorrow and that commitment. So uh, be sure to hit up the site at Swamp247.com. It's a big deal. That's one you're going to want to keep an eye on. Uh, Until next time, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in. 